0: Hey guys, this is Alex I know this is a odd format um, I totally forgot to record um, But I did still want to talk about what I want to talk about Since it was It, it struck me as interesting So um, for those of you who don't know, I spent a solid, probably about week, marinating my brain, actually two weeks, marinating my brain in DC's Young Justice. And so I'd always seen the first two seasons, and I dropped off of the third season, like, pretty, um, pretty quickly. But I, mostly because it, The third season really lost me. It lost a lot of people, but it lost me especially. Um, but I ended up sticking out for the entire four seasons, and the most interesting part of it, at least for me, is the endings that that show puts up. The endings are kind of the demonstration of like the budget they get And they're they're a demonstration of everything about the creative people behind that show. What I mean by that is, if you watch the first season of Young Justice, the endings are pretty stock standard. They are, like, standard TV cartoon endings. Nothing special. And that holds true for the second season as well. Then you get... To the third season, I, I think it starts in the third season, and it starts being these really atmospheric shots, accompanied by like calming music, usually of the um, of Superboy's like pet psychic dog Wolf or pet psychic Wolf Wolf, just like sleeping in front of shit, just like being a being a good boy in front of shit, or it's like a it's like a. It's barely animated. It's almost like a lo-fi background style of animation of, like, sphere or something, A, a giant robot ball that turns into a motorcycle in that show. But then you get to the fourth season, and these endings kind of all culminate into one thing. And what they culminate into is really fascinating. They culminate into little pieces of the story that don't matter, But add flavor or texture or, like, opinion or personality to... And sometimes they do matter. Sometimes they did matter. Like Like, you'd see more of a scene or you'd see the scene that they didn't include. But sometimes you'd see, like, villains doing inventory in their lair. Or you'd see, like, the background shot of a xenomorph city. Like they became really they became really like they became almost like small short like small animated shorts of just stuff the animators were interested in and like they really demonstrated their understanding of like the world that they were making and, and an understanding of not just the characters, but like the villains the ind- individual villains and seeing how that show seeing one particular joke that they carry through that show, which um if you watch I think it's like the first or second season um if you if you watch all the way through, you'll notice that um when Connor McGann infiltrate bellreve Bellrev prison they, there's, like, a storyline with a character named Icicle Jr., who's a villain, who's, like, a repeating villain in that show. And, like, him and Connor have, like, a, albeit on fake terms, like, genuine, actual relationship, like, 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 bromancing thing that blooms between them that's real but also fake because... Because Superboy is not super, does not look like Superboy in that. But what ends up happening is like whenever High School Junior shows up to fight, um, Superboy and anything else, there's always like a moment where like they have a there's like a two a couple personal quips they go back and forth and like ah oh, good for you man you're really doing it. Like um, but I think it's I think it's in I think it's in season three, where he's like, "Yeah, me and Megan got engaged." He's like, "Ah, oh, good for you, man. I'm I'm happy for you." And he's trying to kill him, and it's it's like meant as a joke, and so much of this show is meant as like, slights at just the like superhero. Supervillainness of it all. Like these people are also people, regardless of what their jobs are. And that all comes to a head with the fact that Icicle Jr. applies for and gets a twenty-four hour leave from Bell Rev Prison to go to Superboy and Miss Martian's wedding at the end of um season four. And they <laughs> Also, like, that combined with the way that they handled the endings and the way that they, like, are very clearly by season four, and they're going to have a season five, but by season four, they're, they're very clearly one of the most successful things DC has ever done. Like, you can you can just tell at some points it, they're getting a fair amount of money to just make this thing what they want it to be as and as like much of it as possible and as much of that as possible you can tell that with the stories they're choosing to tell the things they're choosing to highlight the things they're choosing specifically not to highlight um and it it just it screams of like a bunch of creative people have like got their thing and they're going to freaking go for it because they've got the money and it just it strikes me as really interesting because in, in not just anime but in animation there's this thought process of like I wish just got more money I wish just got i I, I wish just had more money I wish this had more time and all this other stuff and in in Young Justice, which is absolutely takes like notes and pages from anime as an a- as an animation medium and as a like a style with rules and different traditions than normal Western animation, and it works them kind of gently into the. It works them gently into the fabric of that show really effectively. These are people who are doing it. These are people who are doing it in the way that, like, it feels... And this is one of the reasons why people like Trigger so much. It feels like Trigger is one of the studios that, like, they pick a thing they're making and they go for it. And the other thing that I find interesting is because I've um, I paid attention to the anime news just the way lots of people listening to this currently have. And I know that um, Orange just announced they're going to be doing a remake, and specifically a remake. It's not a um, continuation or new series from—it's a remake of Trigun. I started watching I started rewatching the old Trigun because I can't help myself. And the dub on that is just it A I like it because it's a nostalgic thing. I understand that. But B, it's just good. It's just fun as shit. It's it's most likely a good ...director for the dub... ...and it's just like... ...Johnny On Bosch adds Vash... ...and it's very clearly... ...Johnny On Bosch adds Vash... ...and all the other... ...and all the other voice actors... ...add their characters... ...really... ...like... ...command... ...a... ...air of those characters... ...and once they inhabit those characters... They really know what they're doing. Like, Vash feels like that character should feel. Millie and um, Meryl feel like those characters. All the side characters that you encounter feel great. Of when you get to Nicholas D. Wolfwood, he feels excellent. And they feel... Of course they feel, like, anime-esque. I mean, that's that one of... um. One of Cosplay Fiend, who has, um, actually appeared on the Sunday edition, on this edition, the Sunday edition, which I didn't say in the opening because it's late at night, um, has actually been, has actually been on the, has actually been on this show, said, um, he said that he'll be interested to see how they handle just the absolute 90s ass aesthetic of Trigun in um, CG, and I'm I'm actually interested. That was one of my first. Like, I'm like, how do you? That's a lot of particle effects. Very specifically in just Vash's coat. This is gonna be a little strange. Um, but the thing with Trigon is it has these jo- It has these. Like, verbal quips and verbal jokes that when I watch Young Justice, they also have. And that's, that's the other thing about animation. That's the thing that is unfortunate about a lot of animation. Is that so much of what animation depends on is the soundtrack, the vocal track, and stuff like that. One of the reasons why everybody thinks it's a war crime to skip Cruel Angel Thesis is A, because it's a great song, but B, the timing on that opening is fantastic. if you watch the ti- if you watch Trigon, the timing on I forget what the Trigun opening the original Trigon opening theme is. But if you watch that show, that show's opening, it has like incredible Incredible timing on that song, and the time and the time that timing extends to like the vocal track with all the voice actors hitting like really the right notes. Nothing comes a little too late. Nothing comes a little too early. It all feels right and like where it should be. And but it also like all the characters still feel human, like Bash feels like a definable character. He doesn't feel like anime school anime school guy protagonist number four or number four hundred more like. He feels like he is like a memorable character in not just a way, in all ways. And one of the best things they did with um Young Justice is they gave is they continue to give all the characters, like, these great personalities. Like, there's a whole running thing in the first season of Young Justice where Superman's bad at being a dad because he has never taken... He had taken responsibility for, like, stopping the bad guy, but he's never, like, taken really responsibility for another human who is not, like, a fucking dog with a bone like Lois and like by the end of the first season of Young Justice he's like tries to be better about it and by the end of the of all the young justice that's out currently he is a lot better by about it and so you see these like markers of gross in every character and once again in Trigon you see that in the original trigon you see that too but I just Watching watching rewatching watching so close to watching something that is so committed that it, that is so allowed to be everything it wants that needs to be at the same time because it's it's getting it's getting enough money and enough like social capital within its own universe, like young, like DC's young Justice really shows you what, like, really shows you what people are hoping for when their new, when their show gets adapted. Nobody's hoping for, like, a Jinji Ito collection scenario where it's all just kind of bad and you just gotta kind of find the best of the bad. They're hoping for, oh, you're gonna adapt Trigon? You better do a good job. Like, it better be phenomenal. And just to give you an idea. Uh, so another show I really like and I've talked about on the um, podcast is a show called um, Restaurant to Another World. And that show is a lot of fun and it's very, it's really calming and it's like it's got its own yashuke thing going. But it's fundamentally a different show. And it's fundamentally a different concept. And the whole line, and it's not, it's not interested in doing the kinds of thing in making the kinds of leaps and doing the kinds of things that something like say Trigon or Young Justice is. It's it it is it, okay with you having questions about certain moments and about certain characters in that show, or question or questions about the, like, background of that show. The thing about something like Trigon... and also, by extension, Young Justice... and projects that get... massive budgets... because because they're successful... if they get the opportunity... if they take the opportunity... if they're designed this way... if they also thought about them fully and... meaningfully... to give you answer to those questions to like spend an entire string of episodes on Mars where most of the characters are just not human. You know, um the whole speed force flash saga in DC in um in Young Justice, the the whole explanation of why the hell they're not on Earth in Trigon, which if you spoiler, if you didn't know they weren't on Earth in Trigon, they're not on Earth. They're on a planet literally called Gunsmoke. Like that if you have not seen all of Trigon, I encourage you to like sit down and go the full twenty six. It's worth it. You'll be like Whoa. Um, but definitely definitely watch that show. Whether or not you're playing, I'm watching the new Trigun Stampede, which is a great title, the Orange. Um, but I just... I, I had these things sloshing around in my head because I was... I was really impressed by... the fact that DC had figured out a way to use... I had figured out a way over time and very clearly like went like you could see the steps as you watched the show in their ending sequences to make the endings meaningful but not required viewing. So give you an idea the standard Marvel ending now is and and this was done for a specific reason. I want to be clear. <laughs> Many people work on movies get Get credit and get money and all this stuff, but they don't get acknowledgement because they get acknowledgement like the VFX artists studios who who may have like their studios may have gone bust making many of these movies or like they may they probably experienced extreme crunch the whole nine. They don't really get acknowledgement because before Marvel made like post credit scenes a thing. Generally, if you, even if you loved a movie, as soon as the credits rolled, you like got all your shit together, got up, and left. The cult. I mean, I went to go see um Buzz. I went to go see Lightyear, um as as on the day I'm recording this, but the amount of people who stayed in the theater for the whole credit for the whole credit sequence was. Most of, with most of them. With most of us. And that's because Marvel has made it an expectation that you that like you'll get something. Like we're gonna reward you for sitting all the way through the credits. And they've done that since Iron Man. That was their that was their solution to look, nobody's gonna know that we made this. And the fact that like DC was like, yeah, but A, this is a TV show, and B, it's on us eventually it's going to be bingeable. What do we do with the credit sequences? Because we still want people to sit through them, even though HBO fucks it up and cuts it off, have, like, half, like, 18 seconds in or some bullshit, because they're idiots. Although they do fix that for the ones that are important. But for, like, it's very clear that, like, they have some credit sequences that they're like, no, we, we want our audience to see this whole last thing. We gonna do it. We're going to push the, the technical episode ending back like just as far so we get this in. But what do we want to put there? And for a while they put nothing. And then they put like fun screensaver, lo-fi, hip-hop backgrounds. And then they used that opportunity to make the next jump to story content they either couldn't fit or wasn't consequential enough to put in the episode. Like a Loading Bay scene on War World with Randall Savage, which if you've seen up to the most recent episode of the, that show, you'll be like, oh, that that's weird. Um, but the... Just the... The like using of the of a space that isn't usually an animated sequence was really interesting to me, and I I've, I'd be interested to see what they could do, what what say uh, an anime might do in that vein. So the best I can think of. Right on top of my head is actually the um, mono openings because all of the mono openings are really the like whether you're like in the Hitagi crab episodes the most the most famous one is um, is Renai circulation because it became everyone's circulation, um, but. Long short of it is, I just, I just think that that could be a cool. That could be a cool space to experiment in, to put like small story pieces in. Um, you could think of it like the eye catches from um, Attack on Titan, which if you've ever seen Attack on Titan, which I'm betting you have, and if you have, I have a whole war is bad podcast, like, bat, violence bad podcast on Attack on Titan in the feed right now that you can go listen to. But they they kind of, like, took it... They took their eye catches really seriously, and they put the equivalent of, like, manga extra illustrations in between the channel, in between the chapters... ...as the eye-catches. Like, they put in... ...schematics of what the fuck was happening in the show. Like, when they introduced the... Mo- and ...once you saw the movement gear... ...you got, like, movement gear... ...technical drawings... ...as the eye-catch. And that was really interesting because it gave you... ...it gave you little bits of... It, ...unimportant but consequential world-building... World like, in the middle section of each episode, which was really interesting, just as an idea. Um, And I think that DC's um, Young Justice endings on season four were probably, could be considered an expansion of that, and I'd be interested to see what the hell, like... and obviously I'm not saying that like any animator needs to do any more work than they have to, especially Japanese animators, because they are deeply underpaid and undervalued, but, like, there are moments, there are so many moments, in, especially in a show like, say, Attack on Titan, where, like, you could spend time with the, like, weird Aryan race kits. With the weird, um... With the, like, the weird nazi use kids. You could spend time with the... With all the different, um, specialized Titans. Like, and you could use that as foreshadowing. So, let's say you want to foreshadow the Warhammer Titan. You could have, like, a weird... If you did it right, you could have a weird... Little aside scene with the maid who is the War Hammer Titan. Spoiler alert for Attack on Titan, if you're not caught up. And that would be fun. Like, if you set that, if you set that up, if you set up expectations correctly, you wouldn't be giving anything away. Like, like you would just be like, this is. You could make it atmospheric enough. with just focusing on like a throwaway ancillary side character, which is something they often did do in um, Young Justice. Like, like there's a a great throwaway thing in Young Justice where they're um, celebrating the old Grandpa Flash's birthday and you just see his birthday cake with the number 102 on it. And then, like... In the next episode, he's like, i I just turned a spry hundred and two and you're like, Oh, that's whose birthday cake that was. That was okay. That was weird. And that if you if you manage it right, you can show little bits and pieces of original animation without giving anything up. Or or at the very least you can create a scenario in which you're rewarding the the viewer for having seen your end credits later on, which I just find an interesting concept. So on that note, um, I've been Alex, and regardless of whether I announced it at the beginning, this has been Lunchbox Radio's Sunday edition, and I promise it'll be better recorded Next time, but I will talk to you on Thursday.